These personalized skin suits are a true game changer. Imagine being able to torment a human, not as yourself, but as their wife or ex-wife or just some mouthy broad. They are so convincing, they even work on a good Janet. Oh, great, more Vicky. Hey, your Michael impression stinks almost as much as your suit. Why does everyone keep saying that? Welcome, Janet. We have a special guest for you today. Hi, Janet. It's me, Jason, your boyfriend. I really miss you. I know we were in a fight before, but I hope you've forgiven me because I love you, girl. Not a girl. Well, Janet. Yeah. How's that make you feel? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Adequate work, Glenn. <laughs> Have we ever told the story on the podcast about the guy who forced us to perform One Day More from Les Miserables in Not an Irish bar on my 21st birthday? A song which, let's be clear, each of us had heard a time or two in our sure. life before then. I couldn't hum it other than mm -hmm. the part you just did. Have we yeah. told that story? Uh, not on this show, I don't think. How did that, that happen? Happened. It was Why when we came to guy? Chicago uh -huh. for your 21st birthday. I was still yes. 20 at the time, so we could only go to bars that I could get into. We could only go to bars that a member of your family could yeah. meet us at. So, <laughs> so we go there to this Irish bar, and there's like four uh -huh. people in the bar, and literally the three called of them, Patties. Yeah, Patties, which because it was Patties Pub, and it was a fun thing. I think that place closed, unfortunately. R.I.P. I don't know if Patty well, died. Well, they let an underage Ooh, boy in. Yeah, several times. <laughs> but we went, and then the, the one other person in the bar was like, I, maybe Zach and I were probably being obnoxious and singing something. Uh, that sounds like us. And he's like, ah, Remember do a Remember that time miss. we did perfect three-part harmony with Ben Folds in the middle of a steak and shake? I do. Remember that one? Yeah. So yeah, we probably were singing at this <laughs> pub. We were carrying a tune. <laughs> Uh, so naturally, this gentleman requests that we perform uh -huh. uh, for him, just uh -huh. us, us to this guy, us two barely legals, and this <laughs> adult man wants us to sing some Les Mis to him. So you know, we went in the bathroom, old. we put on our revolutionary garb, uh, <laughs> bloomers and all, yeah. uh, we drew on some tasteful revolutionary friends' mustaches, and we, we had a Sasha Baron Cohen all together. What's an untasteful French mustache drawn It's a little on? pointier. You want a soft swirl. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Into the Time Knife. After taking a brief reprise last week. Reprieve? Not reprise. That's like if you do something again. Again. We mm -hmm. took a brief reprieve last week to talk about one of the four options for our next podcast, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. If you missed that last week, that was a lot of fun. And now we're back. We're back. We've got our comfy, good place slippers on. I'm not wearing pants again. We can relax mm -hmm. and talk about what we're really here for, what we're really about, being a good place rewatch podcast right yeah if you got grandma's cookies every saturday they wouldn't be as special you gotta have the cookies filled with methamphetamine at least every once in a while to keep you coming back yeah after a while you're like grandma shit it's about <laughs> fucking enough okay that's enough i've had enough and hi everybody i'm zach and uh, spin around for us would you hun 
He's really spinning. He's really knocking a lot of stuff over trying to do it. But we got a full spin, and I did squeeze the butt. You feel that? You feel the squeeze? You, you gave me a little swat. You gave me I got a little, a little squeeze. Um, I'm Steven, and fools! Oh, he just broke his clavicle. Zach, oh, do you no. know who Nick Foles won a Super no, Bowl with? Of course I don't. Axel Just give a Foley, guess. isn't that like uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2? Mick Foley, wrestler. Mick Foley. Um, I feel like some. Well, I have I think no he's idea. Mankind with the mask. I have no idea, friend. The Philadelphia Eagles. He was their backup, and their starter went down, and he led the team to a Super Bowl victory. Nick Foles, famous patron of the podcast. He uses a pseudonym. Yeah, Nick Foles is a patron. He's one of our longest standing patrons, but he stays at the $5 tier because he don't want anybody to know about it. And if you're one of those people that would like to support us but not have anybody ever know about it, we won't tell. We'll keep your dirty little secret, Grandma, if you follow us over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. But the people at the $10 and up tier do get shouted at out and upon by us every week on the podcast. And those people are, of course, Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Justin Fortier, Lil S. Haker, and Autumn Marsh. I want to take a special moment to wish a happy belated birthday to I'm gonna say it first. longtime so patron Lil S. Haker. I to say to Lil S. Haker, who is, you know, let's be honest, my partner, my loved one. I definitely got in the I love you very much, very grateful, very deeply, very truly, cannot, I'm going like a little Trump with this, cannot be, cannot be uh, argued. Everybody knows that I love Lil the you most out of everybody on the camera, podcast. Hands a little closer to the camera, a little small, sir. Hands a little closer to the camera, looking a little small from happy that far away. Happy belated birthday to Lil S. Haker. Happy belated birthday and to now you that too, that's Zach. out of the way, if you want to support us, what? Yeah, we can I make it about happy belated me. birthday to you too, Thank Zach. you. Did you have Thank a good birthday? You. I haven't talked to you since the night yeah, before. Yeah, I, I had a good birthday. I had a lot of fun talking about Breaking Bad last week, but I was not feeling great. Mm-hmm. And that night, I was like, I should make an appointment and try to feel better. This was the day before my birthday. Yeah. And literally... Two minutes into looking at online, I was in a video waiting room to be seen by somebody over the phone. They prescribed me stuff right away, and I started feeling better, like, instantly. Yeah, I get this really weird FaceTime call from Zach at about 9 a.m. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and I told him, just go, just go get some crack. I don't know. And then he did, and he seemed fine now. So I'm feeling a lot better. I had a really nice birthday, even though I was still kind of shaking out some of the, the crummy feelings. But we had a really yeah, nice day. Those are called withdrawals, we, play. we had dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited for Lil's birthday, which is in a couple days from today. And tomorrow, as of recording, is when we're spending the day together at an art museum, going out for dinner. Um, wow, the Louvre? Picking- in, picking in Paris, France? Daffodils. Yes, we're going to the Louvre in Paris, France. <laughs> But patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. That's the place to support us starting at $5 a month. You can get all sorts of things. We took a little hiatus kind of over the beginning of the year and the sickness and the holiday season. So it's time for us to start churning out that Patreon content all the time over patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Get the live pre-show. Get the basement or that 70 show rewatch podcast that will go on until the end of time because there's so many episodes of that show and they're all over there at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Steven, you too celebrated a birthday recently, right? I don't know. It's around now, right? 
Yeah, you're like only about a half a year off, Zach. You're getting yeah. closer every day. I've made worse guesses at when you your have birthday is. <laughs> made worse guesses. It's true. Have you done anything fun this week that you'd like I to did. talk about? I did do some balls in your fun. court. After filming last week, and I said filming instead of recording because yeah. there are cameras everywhere. That's true. Every angle. We didn't record like half of it last week, but the yeah. cameras were there. Well, I recorded all of it. You did not tape me. You said, <laughs> oh, oh, me the bad guy for not rewinding the one The week VHS. I gave you a little bit more on the right side. You said, no, my beauty mark's on the left side. That you gotta can't it. be shown. Throw it away. <laughs> we fixed it this week. Danny and I went to go see Across the Spider-Verse mm -hmm. uh, in... 4DX. It's so fucking dumb. And we I were respect like... you in your journey, <laughs> and I love people going to see movies in the theater, but please tell these people what 4DX is. So, if you weren't uh, privy Pretend to the Godzilla Minus people. One, uh, <laughs> it's basically where you go to the movie theater, and instead of getting to, like, sit and see it, like, on a big screen and be surrounded by really loud sounds of the movie and be immersed in the experience, you're in a fucking, like... Shake and kick your ass roller coaster yeah. chair that sometimes sp sprays you with air and water <laughs> and punches the water you in the sounds back. Awful! That's such a bad idea. So we, Zanny and I, turn the water off because it smells bad. Yeah. It's been sitting sure. in movie theater pipes for well, I yeah, don't know technology from two thousand five. <laughs> but there was a family next to us in the theater, and I don't know if they knew what they were getting themselves into. But the kids were really small and really loud, and were like screaming the whole time. <laughs> but the dad, who had to be like six five, two fifty, every time the chair started doing something, he would just stand up and walk out of the <laughs> aisle and stand to the side at the slightest I think you can turn it movement. Off. I think you can turn it down or off. Friend. <laughs> no, not in this theater, Zach. You can turn the water on and off, but everything else really? you just gotta enjoy the ride. <laughs> wow. This, this ticket's not seats? for bitches. Just a few seats in a theater or a whole theater? No, it's like a whole uh, ass theater. That sounds awful. Rows that sounds horrible. Rows of, <laughs> That's of my nightmare. That. I love movies. I love immersive video rides mm -hmm. like that. But also, is Godzilla Minus One in 3D? The movie, it's not. You don't have glasses. There's no then 3D that's not element 4Ds, of it. 4Ds, friend. It's 4DX. But tell me the 4Ds. <laughs> Dodge, if not one dive, of them is three and dodge. <laughs> so if if Godzilla minus one was like getting uh -huh. your ass kicked by a giant lizard monster, Spider Man across the Spider Verse is like getting your ass kicked by hundreds of Spider Men. It was outrageously violent. It threw us around and like punches you in the back so many times. Wow! And also what? because punches? it's so There's loud, just a guy. <laughs> yeah, just kicking your ass. You. <laughs> Hugh Grant from Wonka sneaks in the back and just starts beating you. And because there's so much happening, they should... Like, Godzilla was, was balanced a little bit better with, uh -huh. like, volume and things like that. Spider-Verse, I couldn't hear shit, Zach. Yeah, It was sure. so loud because of the chairs, the water... Or the contraption and the... death yeah, trap you're, yeah. you're strapped to. And they didn't, like, turn up the movie. And I was like, I can't hear a damn thing. But Danny and I had so much fun. <laughs> it was a great time. I wouldn't recommend seeing, like, a no, movie for the first time movie. like that. <laughs> Ever. But if you just want to go and, like, fuck around and, and only be able to eat in between short spurts of dialogue <laughs> and then immediately set your food down on the ground lest you spill popcorn everywhere... Uh, go see a movie in 4DX. It's fun. I would do it with you. I would do it once. Yeah. We should go see... Next time Schindler's List comes to town, we'll have to go to Schindler's List so They just pump the, the theater. You know, the dinosaurs in Schindler's List were actually real. <laughs> uh, Let me yeah, segue... I'd... 
Let, or not segue. I don't have to segue. You can segue. Let me segue into movies because the obviously the Oscar nominations came out, so I'm going to be super annoying about it until March 10th, 2024, when the 97th Academy Awards take place. Until then, I'm going to be very annoying. I'm already trying to cross off as many movies as I can. I'm somewhere in the like 15 to 18 movies that were nominated watched, and I think I have something like 25 yet to watch. I think that's better than last year. Last year, you watched like 79 movies yeah for the oscars i actually but it's the at same it. three movies nominated over and over again this year so we're okay i kind of felt for a second that it was less movies that i had to watch overall this year and it's only different by one feature film interesting i thought it felt like less too it did feel like yeah. a lot of the same things getting nominated what i wanted to ask you that's related to what you're talking mm-hmm. about i'm gonna have to watch thankfully godzilla minus one yeah and they recently re-released godzilla minus one In have you heard about godzilla minus one minus color yeah, I want to see it. They didn't just flip a switch and make it black and white. The director and the cinematographer came together and they worked on the saturation of the entire film to make it look at its best in black and white. And some people are saying that it might be the way to see the movie. And I was wondering your opinion. Should I try to see it in color? Or should I try to see it in black and white um, for the first time? If I'm only going to see it once. If you're only going to see it once, I would probably say see it in color because black and some white of sounds the cool. visuals that happen... In it, the color kind of has some of the emotional and fear factor impact-wise. Sure. But I will be seeing it in the theater fear in black factor. and white. I didn't know that there was going to be any... Joe Rogan is, Joe is Rogan Godzilla minus one. <laughs> Godzilla minus one. Man, that guy's everywhere. Him. Yeah, he can't stop. But I, I'm question. super excited. I should yeah, see it in I color think, first? I mean, I think it's going to be a great experience regardless. I'm excited because the first Godzilla movies that I remember seeing as a kid were in black and white. Sure. And so I'm really excited to view it that way again, but not on a shitty VHS that I got from Family Video. I'm excited to watch that movie because it's a franchise I've never seen, but I don't feel like I have to watch every Godzilla movie that's ever Mm -hmm. happened. On the other hand, Mission Impossible got nominated, and I haven't seen any of the Mission Impossible movies, so I'm going to try to watch all seven Mission Impossible movies before the Oscars. There's seven now? Yeah, I guess Yeah, the newest one was number seven. The first one came out in 1996, before either of us were even alive, and they're still making these movies which is kind of crazy. And also I have to watch all the Guardians of the Galaxies. I haven't seen any of those. And the third one got a few nominations or a nomination. I do want to see the third one. Yeah. They kind of give away the the plot and the previews, but you know. Really? Yeah. Well, I bet there's a bad guy and all of them are tested to their core Mm -hmm. and then they win. And one of the side characters dies. That's my guess. I'd say that's probably accurate. I think everything you said is correct. But who will it be? Will it be Dave Batista, who's uh-huh. going to be in Dune 2? That's true. He might be busy. He <laughs> might not be able to make the next one. I don't think there's going to be a next one. I think no. the third one's the last one, right? Yeah. That Chris Pratt, poor guy. I really hope he finds some jobs. I hope he lands on his feet. It's me. Garfield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should just reuse all his lines from the Mario movie for Garfield. We got to go, Luigi. <laughs> there's dinosaurs over there they can use the jurassic world types too even if i do a bad job i still get the two mil right um zach i had one more thing i wanted to talk to you about okay i'm watching something that okay comes from somebody who's very critically acclaimed in the manga world and the anime world mm-hmm. but 
have you ever heard of Astro Boy? Do you remember that from when we yeah, were kids? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sure. So Astro Boy, like the original manga came out in like the 60s. It's like been around a long time. And for the 50th, I believe, anniversary of Astro Boy, this author who wrote stories that are really popular, if you're any manga people out there, you've heard of Monster or 20th Century Boys, which are like really acclaimed works of, of literature. Um, and the Monster anime here. is really thought of highly as well. But he he collaborated with the author of Astro Boy to do kind of a sci-fi mystery retelling of one of the arcs from the story. And the story is called Pluto, and it's like one of these really highly touted manga. But Netflix made an anime adaptation of it, which his work is thought of as like too hard to adapt to anime a lot of the times. It just doesn't work in that medium for some reason. I haven't read them all, so I don't know why. But Netflix did it instead of like episodes that are like 20 minutes or whatever. They do like hour long kind of mini movies. And it's a story about Astro Boy? It, so it takes place in the same universe, uh-huh. and Astro Boy is in it, uh-huh. but it he's not the main character in it. Interesting. I think that the premise and like its existence is maybe cooler than the show itself, but it's pretty well done. It's like a mystery sci-fi thing, but the animation's really good. The music's really good. The voice acting is pretty top tier as well, and it's like a, it's pretty cool. It's very like future robots have rights and things like it, it takes place in a world where like there's like been acts that were passed that gave robots like rights because they're that advanced they're that close to human beings and it's like a whole thing but it's pretty cool Ted two situation exactly yeah so head out head on out to your nearest pluto tv mm-hmm. and check out that the dog astro boy yeah astro boy on pluto tv pluto tv zach and steven stamp of approval it's Check free. Check it out. It's free. It's got to be. Let's let's talk about The Good Place. Let's get let's back into it. the let's final season of The Good Place. We are here to talk about season four, episode five of The Good Place. This is chapter 44, Employee of the Baramy. This Ooh. was an episode title that I remembered, but not an episode that I remembered as well as I thought I might. There was quite a bit in this episode that I didn't quite recall. Did you feel the same way? I remembered the title really well because I feel like we've talked about this writing team a couple mm-hmm. times throughout this show, but I didn't remember that it was this episode, and yeah. I didn't remember some of the lines like through this episode. I remembered some of the Bad Place stuff, but I didn't remember a lot of the stuff that happened in The Good Place or the plots, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. This episode, as you mentioned, we have talked about these people before. It was directed by Beth McCarthy Miller, who previously directed Tahani Al-Jamil, Existential Crisis, The Snowplow, and A Fractured Inheritance. And this isn't the last time we'll talk about her. She's going to direct one more episode later this season, Help as Other People. But the writer this week, this is the last time we're going to talk about Joe Mandy. And that's a name that's come up a lot because for whatever reason, the whole podcast, I thought Joe Mandy was the guy that plays Brent and he's not at all. He looks nothing like that guy. Mm -hmm. I just got that fact flipped around. So we're going to get to the bottom of who the real Joe Mandy is before we put him to bed this week. Who are you, Joe Mandy? previously wrote Jason Mendoza. He wrote Everything is Great Part 2 in Season 2. He co-wrote The Burrito with Megan Amram. He wrote The Snowplow. He wrote GDC's The Time Knife with Christopher Ensel. And then he writes this one, his final episode of The Good Place. Outside of The Good Place, as a writer, he was a writer for Silent Library on MTV. Nice. 
He was a writer for Delocated on Adult Swim. Did you I ever watch that. that show? That was a weird, interesting show. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone on to write six episodes of Parks and Recreation. He was a writer for Kroll Show on Comedy Central. He wrote an episode of the first season of Master of None. Hey, uh, like he that. wrote... This makes sense that he would write this. Something called Joe Mandy's award-winning comedy special, which was his Netflix comedy special. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote on a TV show I really liked that lasted one season called Forever with Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. That's a really mm. good show. And he wrote one episode of Hacks, which is a more recent show that I feel like has Someone come Someone else writes on Hacks for something. this. And he's also an actor. So I thought he was... Brent, he's not, but he is an actor. He was on six episodes of Parks and Recreation as a character named Morris, two episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's in an episode of that show Love with Gillian Jacobs and Paul Rust, which we both like. He -hmm. plays, I don't know what character this is, but he plays Todd in the movie The Disaster Artist, which I know we've both seen several times. Yeah. Uh, He was in 13 episodes of Modern Family as Ben. That's a lot of episodes. I don't remember who Ben is. But 13 episodes of Modern Family is still like 0.02% of the entire show. (laughs) What else? He was in six episodes of The Good Place and one episode of The Selection as Todd. Is that the lava monster? It might be the lava monster. Joe Mandy has been the lava monster this whole time. All along. Yes. Maybe the lava monster was the Brent that we met along the way. That's so true. And he's also on Hacks. He writes for Hacks and he's in five episodes as a character named Ray. Uh, Ray from Hacks. Everyone's favorite character. Come on the show, Ray. Let's Come talk on. about it. Hacky Ray, Ray. Hacks, our favorite good place rider. This episode <laughs> originally aired on October 24th, 2019. And let's take it back to October 24th, 2019. It's spooky time. I'm going to guess the yes. album of the year and movie of the year are uh, Spooky Scary Skeletons. Not so Club much the mix. album. I wouldn't say that the movie's spooky, but it makes sense that it came out around this time. Mm-hmm. It's a live-action Disney sequel. Oh. <laughs> Is that it? Almost. I don't know what else to say. It's a live-action Disney sequel that's in the same vein of the live-action remakes, but a little bit different. A different take on a classic character. Oh, Maleficent 2? Yes. Do you remember the colon for Maleficent 2? Queen of Maleficent, the... colon. Where the fuck did you take my wings away, Scottish what? King? Uh-uh. Uh, I'm going to befriend Sleeping Beauty in no, this one. No, it's Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Nice. Uh, the second one's great. I really like the Maleficent movies. Really? I second haven't seen either better of them. than the first. Although I do remember the time that you and a group of friends uh-huh. went to see the first one and didn't Yard. invite me and wouldn't stop talking about it for months and I yeah. cry Every day that Maleficent comes on free form to this day about it. <laughs> they about love not getting that Maleficent on free invite. <laughs> Where else are they going to show it, Steven? Yeah, it's too it. adult for Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. And but, it's not adult enough for anywhere else. Yeah. Angelina Jolie, right? Yeah. Performance of a lifetime. Career-defining role. Let's talk about what people think of Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, the second one specifically. Mm -hmm. It was the number one movie on October 24th, 2019. Rotten Tomatoes. I saw it in the theater. Where do you think the critics are sitting on Maleficent 2? Rotten Mm. Tomatoes critics. Relatively fresh. Let's go with a 73. That's very generous of you. Ooh. Let's go with a 55. That's quite generous of you yet. Damn, really? Is it in the 40s? No, it sure isn't. 30s? It's 39% from the critics Damn. over Rotten Tomatoes for Maleficent, colon, Mistress of Evil. 
I hope that all the reviews are that's not Dakota fanning, that's L fanning, and then yeah, that really confuses most critics. So they just <laughs> yeah. give it a negative review on basis of that. Well, do you think the mm-hmm. audience holds more true to your ilk? Do you think the audience at Rotten Tomatoes I is hope more so. fond? Let's of go Maleficent, with, a, with a 59. 20 higher. 59. F- what did you say? 20 higher. Oh, okay. No, it's higher than that, actually. Hey, we love to see that. That's, How that's high a do we think it goes? 67. Keep going up, friend. Closer to my first guess, a 73. Keep going up, friend. This is going to blow your fucking mind. 80? <laughs> Keep it going. 89? <laughs> It's a 95%. Thank you. Fucking oh, thank really? you. That Maleficent great. 2? The critics are stupid. They know nothing. <laughs> I feel like maybe this is more of a case that most of the people that didn't like Maleficent didn't come over for Maleficent 2. And if you enjoyed Maleficent 2, the people who came over to see the second one probably did too. And the critics have to see it, mm-hmm. whether they liked the first one or not. What about Letterboxd? Where do you think that was such a dramatic emotional reveal? Yeah, We've got 39 critics, 95 audience. That's such a huge disparity. Mm-hmm. Where does Letterboxd sit on a scale uh, of 1 to 100? Let's go with a 70 even, dead even, 70. No, it isn't 0. as high at all by any means. It's lower. So more in the 50s? Yes. 52? No, it's higher at 58%. 58, nice. That's not bad. Not bad for a live action Disney yeah. sequel. Yeah. Sure. sure. I don't even know if I've ever seen Sleeping Beauty. The Are you serious? Yeah, one of those classic Disney movies that I know the story, I know the princess, I know the yeah. villain, but I don't know if I've ever that actually seen it. That one's one of my it. favorites. Really? I like that one much better than any of the other princess ones that uh, are Does that have something that to do era? with Steven liking a, a woman that's not at all able to speak for herself, that's like unconscious? <laughs> it's more so Maleficent turns into a dragon, and that's cool. Oh, that's what works and for you. the so music you were really, is really good. Uh, into Donkey and the dragon and Shrek, I'd imagine. Yeah, so I inserted myself into the story of Shrek for a number of reasons, <laughs> but getting to bang the dragon and have donkey-dragon hybrid children Whoa. was definitely one of them. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. (laughs) The number one album, the number one album on October twenty fourth, twenty nineteen, was not the soundtrack to Shrek. It is an album from an artist that I'm not familiar with. So I'll just give you that it's a South Korean artist. It's a a Mm -hmm. K-pop artist that made it to number one on the Billboard charts. No, it's a group, and I had never heard of this group. I'm not a K-pop person, but I think a boy group. As far as K-pop goes, I feel like I know the ones that are mainstream relevant mm-hmm. just from hearing things, and I'd never heard of this group before. But their album in 2019 made it to number one. Well, I'm going to rattle off some names of boy let's groups. Let's go with it. And then when you it inevitably is up, a girl no group idea. and you're wrong. Uh, let's go. So it's not BTS because you've heard no. of them. Yeah, it's right. not Stray Kids. Uh-uh. Haven't heard of them, though. Those are the two boy ones I know. It's not Blackpink. No. It's not to anyone. I know who Blackpink is. No, it's not. Uh, Girls Generation. No, I think Brown I would know that girls. that one's not a boy group. <laughs> Three AM. No. Uh. Don't know as many as you thought, huh? You acted like you were just gonna rattle them all off. You've gotten what four and a half? Did I? Did I say Blackpink? <laughs> yes. Biaduba. You're, now you're just baby babbling. <laughs> no. I'm just going to tell you. We're uh-huh. talking about an artist called Psy? Super M. Don't know who the fuck I know, Super right? M is. I know, right? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> Super M. We'll take a wild stab at what their number one album was titled. Super M. M. 
<laughs> no, Super M coming in at number one with the album, the first mini album. Featuring hit single, Jopping. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> that sounds like something bad, man. I don't think so. I'm not going to bleep it, but I hope everyone knows if I'm not supposed to have said that, that I'm just reading the facts. <laughs> so the first mini album by Super M. You know mm-hmm. a lot about him. You know him. You love yeah. him. <laughs> so usually I take like a professional <laughs> review platform mm-hmm. and then I take rate your music. And it's just girls on X <laughs> making fan cams. Did you just yeah, I see how many likes the fan cam had? official sources that gave this album a review with a score. So we're going mm-hmm. over to K-pop Review Cafe. Ooh. K-pop Review Cafe has given the first mini album by Super M a rating out of 10 to the first decimal point. How mm. high do you think their love of Super M goes? Well, you know, they don't want to just shower praise in the big groups. They want K-pop mm-hmm. to be for everyone. So they're going to give sure. Super M a crisp 8.4. No, it's lower, but it does skew positive. 7.5? We're at a 6.5. Okay, that's fine. A meager, which makes me feel like if K-Pop Review Cafe says it's a 6.5, that this shit probably sucks. <laughs> but at a 6.5, a meager 6.5 out of 10, let's take it over to Rate Your Music. Mm-hmm. The folks over there did have some things to say about this album. They did give it a score out of 10, also to the first decimal point, based off of the 6.5 from K-Pop Review Cafe. Where do you think Rate Your Music stands? Let's go a little bit lower, because the reviews are going to be like, Heard some BTS songs that were fine, so I thought I'd check out a group that was a little less popular, and it was not for me. So let's go with a crisp 4.9. No, it's higher. 5.5. It's very, very close to K-Pop Review Cafe's 6.5. Oh, so we're looking at a 6.4. At a 6.2. 6.2. The first mini album by Super M. Maybe we'll have to queue up Jopping later on and see what it's worth. I won't say it again. That's it. That's the last one. Everyone gets two. Well, now that I have offended whatever community claims that term, Mm -hmm. let's move on past that to one of my favorite segments of the week. We're going to find out, everyone. Did Steven watch the episode this week? I didn't know enough K-pop songs to sing one, impression? and uh-uh. so then I just, I did that. I'm sorry, everyone. That's okay. How jopping of me. That's okay. Last week when we did the Breaking Bad thing, I gave you 40 seconds, and you said under your breath, that seems like too long, but I'll see how it goes. And then editing how fucking long the takes keep going on for, way too long. So we're back in our living room today. We're back in our comfortable space. You've got 20 that's what we do, right? 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got 20 seconds to tell us, me and the audience, everything that happened in the episode we're about to discuss, employee of the Bear Me. How are you feeling? You know, I watched this episode today, which I don't know if that'll help me. What does um, that even mean? It's nighttime, and, and historically uh-huh. at nighttime, my brain doesn't work as well. Well, it's not quite nighttime yet for me. It's like midday. So I don't really know. It's certainly nighttime. (laughs) Maybe for your internal clock. Yeah. But where you are geographically, it's Mm -hmm. also nighttime. It's it's early evening. I'll take that. So I don't know, Zach. I watched the episode. I can tell you what happens. But can I 
can I convey to you can that you I indeed. know what happened is the real question. I hope so. I feel like this episode has two plots. Yeah. And you could... Me hitting you, you hitting the floor. Get it... <laughs> yes, great job. I'm just going to let you go when you're ready. Take your flowers, congratulate yourself, pat yourself on the back, take a deep breath, and get ready to perform. That wasn't that fun. I was really down. pleased with that one, Zach. That was I good. was really... I I really thought highly sure. of that one. Okay, the, I'm the ready. The longer this goes on, the less impressive it is, but mm-hmm. fine. Give me... All right, okay. On go. Uh-huh. Three, two, one, go. So Janet is in the bad place, and Michael and Jason are going to go get her. They're going to free her. But Vicky's in the Michael suit, and Sean's speaking at Demon Con. Well, that's going on. Eleanor and Derek have to run the neighborhood, so Eleanor sends the humans to a lake house to be away, so Derek doesn't have to worry about them, but Chidi stays behind. So Eleanor gives him a secret puzzle, but Tahani wants to help, so she keeps fucking everything Stop. up. Damn, that was 20 fucking seconds? Yes. Jesus Christ, I didn't get anywhere to where I wanted to go, Zach. <laughs> yeah, you've got me in your red Cadillac and the gas is just burning. You know, we're just driving around the neighborhood, aren't we? Wow. You don't really that have that really fancy fast. reservation at Shea Montague tonight, do you? We're just going to. I promise. I just am trying to find a good spot so my baby doesn't have to step in a puddle. There's puddles everywhere. Shea Steven, Montague needs to pay their taxes. Maybe I'm in a good mood. I don't think you did it horribly. But really? I do think both plots were missing something sizable. Mm-hmm. In the first plot, you didn't give me enough or anything of. Michael and Jason's like plan mm-hmm. and Michael pretending to be the Michael in the suit yeah. or anybody exploding or anything going on there. No, maybe you didn't do a very good job. And then in the second plot, you didn't give me enough of Tahani being frustrated. You were getting to it at the end, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more to go there. And the cheaty puzzle thing, I didn't get anything of that. I, I think d- you, I did you say, didn't say a puzzle. That she I did use the word puzzle. You used the word puzzle? I said cheaty decided to stay behind so right Eleanor gives him a puzzle. And tell yes. me that you used the word puzzle. I used the word puzzle. Okay. I think you did medium. Mm-hmm. I think that's a I guess I'll give you a C plus, almost a B minus, but I'm well, gonna really edge a little down. I didn't think I got C that plus. high. You think thank so? you. What would you have given yourself? C minus. Yeah. Well, that sounds mm-hmm. great. Let's just call it that then. Let's meet in the middle. Emilio, call Shea Montague. Let him know we're going to be late. And put Steven in for a C minus. Let's do some trivia. Why don't you kick Let's it off? do it. I've got a bushel of questions for you. Why don't you kick it off? And what do you have for me? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hey, hey. Hide it under a bushel. No. No. I have got just eight questions this week. Okay. What is Vicky's problem with the role? Her problem with the role is that she doesn't get Michael's motivation. I'll take that. Yeah. She's inside Michael, but she needs to be mm-hmm. inside well, Michael. To be inside and boy, Michael. don't we all. <laughs> what does Janet say that Michael's laugh should be? Don't look down. You're looking down, friend. I got nothing <laughs> there. I got nothing about the laugh. Uh, she says that it should be... Michael's laugh would be... A, light and kind, dainty, freely. No. Uh-uh. And Sean's like, that's true. But I don't remember yes. what, it, what what she said. I don't remember the adjectives. Delighted giggle. Mm-hmm. Giggle. Delighted giggle. How many years of memories 
does mm. Jason Ooh. remember? I know it's either 200 or 300. I'm going to go with 300. That is correct. Yes. Fuck yeah. Yeah, take that. Yeah, that's for you. You can have it. Who is the malfunctioning Janet baby that turns Eleanor on to the problem? Blargle, Blargle. Helen? <laughs> no, think about who saved the ducks. Yeah, remember this. Nora? No, we're talking Wanda. Wanda, Wanda. friend. Fuck. Yes. Where does John you think that Janet right is? So far, but that's only two. Where does John think that mm-hmm. Janet is? Yes. Uh, well, we joked around before the podcast about getting nipping and tucking done. Mm-hmm. That's not the words they used here. A facelift or a neck tuckle. <laughs> you know, you were close but wrong and wrong, Zach. We were looking okay. for an eye that's lift fine. or an ear sure. tuck. I could use both of those. Isn't ear tuck a thing? <laughs> I don't know. We can find out. I'll tuck them for you. I've never <laughs> looked looked at someone's face and been like, can we just tuck those ears? <laughs> just, just tuck them. Tuck, tuck them. <laughs> is it making my turn? Yes. Why does Cheaty love puzzles? <sighs> this is one of mine, but I'm going to put this down. It's because they're, f- they're so much fun and they're also like homework. So it's yes. a win-win. Yes, exactly. Nice. What does Derek call Bad Janet? Oh, man. My sexy wife, sister, aunt. You were really close. Really close. Yeah. We're looking for sexy bad girl sister aunt. Okay. <laughs> what is the Demon Con tagline? It features on the big sign that has Sean on it. Mm. It talks about how long the event is. Oh, uh, 40,000 no. hours. Of no, no, 10, we're talking 000. days. Nope. Oh, they don't say it out loud ever. 60 days, 420 days. How many days. guesses we got? No, 100 straight hours. days of seminars, lectures, and other crap you'll hate is what it <laughs> nice. says. What country serves finger sandwiches at a lake house? I'm not Welsh, so Wales. Wales, you got it. You got it, buddy. That's for you. How many slides are in Sean's presentation? Is it 700 or 100? Neither. 7,000? 7,000. 7,000. Yes. 7,000. What is on Eleanor's sweater? Stars? Can you give me any any description for the stars? Is it a yellow sweater with red stars? You know, you might have bad saturation on your screen. I'll give it to you. It's a yellow sweater with little pink stars. Okay, sure. Red yeah. is close enough. I, I, I could say. Mm-hmm. I could see pink. Okay. Who? What part? No. What party favor? You just asked me about the yeah. stars. Yeah, I asked about the stars. What party favor does Tahani need from Derek? Uh, little napkins that say something about a lake in them, like better lake than never. You're missing one detail about the type of napkin. Cloth napkin? No. Paper napkin. No. Fancy embroidered napkins. Cocktail napkins. Cocktail napkins. But I'll give it to you. That was close enough. Thank you. What? Who? Who? <laughs> who does Vicky think Michael is? Vicky thinks that Michael is Glenn? No. No, we're talking about her understudy. Else. No, they think Jason's Glenn. Oh, understudy. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. know I was to have an understudy. Understudy? <laughs> I love the way that Ted says that. It's very funny. But I didn't get it right. What is Cheaty holding when Eleanor says, come on out, bud? 
He has like three things. things. He's got mm-hmm. like a, a a brown wooden thing and then like a black thing and then uh <laughs> something else. Uh no. is it like a a chair leg, a stapler, uh-uh. and a globe hinge? May- <laughs> Wait. <laughs> a globe hinge? Uh-huh. <laughs> is that just like the globe sans globe? Yeah. No, maybe the, I must have missed that part. This time it was he had like a tie on his arm, like a necktie. Uh-huh. He had a soccer ball. Maybe that's Ooh. what you thought the globe hinge was. <laughs> and he had a desk lamp. I remember the desk lamp. I'll take that as a chair leg. I'll give it to you. Uh, what connection does Rufus have to Michael? They were roommates. Yeah, and they were mm. roommates. My last question for you. <laughs> what is the whatever spoon used for? Certain festive... Oh, it's, it's in there. Puddings? No, fuck. Desserts? Fuck, you. wait, 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 wait. Uh, certain festive... Uh-huh. Why can I not think? I don't of know this where thing? you're looking, where you're searching for this. Zach, it's not I need there. You to go eyes with me, eyes on eyes, eyes on eyes. Well, eyes on because eyes. it's uh, eyes I put on eyes. eyes. Web eyes, eyes here. On Let's eyes. not do this. No, 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 eyes no, no, no. here. Eyes, eyes here. Eyes on my eyes. I need okay. your eyes on my eyes, Zach. Look into my soul. Stop what is it? What's the answer? Jellies. Look into my soul. <laughs> it's <laughs> jellies. <laughs> <laughs> you asked. That's fair. That's my last question. You got it wrong. I have one more for you. What gets better every year? Demon Con. Oh, no. The visual effects at Demon Con. We were looking for the production, production value, value at Demon Con. At Demon Con. You did a good job. You only missed like... <laughs> Don't patronize me. Four, four, 40% of them. You're okay. We'll talk about the episode now. We did okay. Yeah. We can move past that. I think this episode's good, but I don't think it lives up to the climax of the previous episode. We've mm-hmm. kind of seen we've seen them be stuck on a stage in the bad place before, even if it's different context. Yeah. And we've seen everything going wrong in the neighborhood and having to hide certain people while they figure it out before. And I think this episode is both not tense enough and not funny enough to totally get over the edge of being like, I've seen this before. I 100% agree. I think that we've been kind of spoiled this season so far with with some really good episodes and episodes that were emotionally strong as well as carried a lot of comedy. And like you said, this one just doesn't match up to it in either department. I think that the story is there. I think that the character growth that we see, especially on Michael's end, is there. But we don't get the laughs or the the cries from this one or even or anything really close to I this episode has funny moments don't get me wrong yeah but it's not like a laugh a minute episode by any means I never feel enough in Michael and Jason's plot that they're scared or caught enough once they get mm-hmm. there things just happen and then everything kind of bubbles up to a thing and then it's dealt with there's mm-hmm. not enough I don't know. The, the stakes are there, but the tension is that like we don't feel the danger because it always seems like they're going to be very fine. But I do like this episode. I like a mm-hmm. lot about it. I like a lot of the jokes. I like like what they take off of how last week's episode ended makes perfect yeah. sense. I just like I said, I think we've kind of seen this before, mm-hmm. so I'm ready for them to get back to showing us things we haven't seen before. But let's dive into the episode because whenever we do this, I'm always surprised by what I notice that makes me think yeah. about the episode a little differently. Maybe I'm uh, selling it short. Let's do it. 
I like the scene right from the beginning, all of the stuff with Vicky trying to perfect her Michael impression. Vicky's in the Michael suit and she's tormenting Janet, who's in a magnet jail. And Janet just can't help but take notes on Vicky's performance <laughs> and be like, no, that's not how Michael would laugh. And even Sean agrees with her and knows yeah. that's not how Michael would laugh because Sean knows that this is important, that if the torture is going to work, that she has to get Michael's mannerisms and all of his being just right. And Vicky is like, got this actor shit. It's so May, December that she (laughs) is so deep into doing it the right way that she's lost the humanity of it, you know? Well, and I think that, you know, this, that scene brings up something that is maybe subtly mentioned. Maybe I'm reaching for something deeper here. It's okay. I'll let you reach. But it brings up how truly close Michael and Sean were slash are, how well they know each other. Yeah, right now they're polar opposite rivals, but I think... As we kind of get alluded to later in the episode and as the show kind of uses later going on, Sean and Michael know each other very, very well. And a lot of times in their lives have shared a common goal. Yeah. And maybe even we don't know enough, but maybe they even had a Janet and Michael type relationship of their own with Michael as Sean's higher up secondhand type Mm -hmm. person. That's a good point. I don't think that's too much of a reach. I'll let you reach. I'll grab. Grab. I'll grab a little. Take. (laughs) I think it's really funny that Vicky is having all of these actor problems, too, about about mm-hmm. being inside Michael, and I have to be inside him, which is a really funny play on words, but uh, every time Vicky goes into her, from the beginning of the show, even yeah. before she was the one in the Michael suit, the really taking her part seriously, I like how with this Michael suit, they're able to keep that core detail of Vicky's character alive and well. I mean, I think one of the most memorable especially physical gags that the show ever has when vicky gives herself a limp for no reason oh yeah (laughs) that's so funny she's running the restaurant right the chowder place or the pizza Uh place whichever it is and she tries a little bit chowder now probably yeah (laughs) so funny janet is so annoyed by vicky he's like oh this is the real torture vicky talking about this And Janet gives a classic, you know, the first of many moments that we've seen a lot in The Good Place that still works here. Janet Mm -hmm. says with a smile, if you want to be like my friends, you're going to have to learn about loyalty, empathy. And she gives this love will prevail Mm -hmm. speech. But Vicky does not see it the way that Janet does and says that no one's coming to save her as she puts the Michael suit back on and practices another evil laugh. Every time Ted gets to play Vicky in the Michael suit. He makes these really great choices. The face he makes with his second evil laugh is really funny. <laughs> that one also doesn't work. And Vicky starts getting in her head about it as Sean like grunts in disapproval and walks away. <laughs> yeah, I love how Michael so cleverly Ted Danson switches from Vicky pretending to be Michael to Michael pretending to be just Vicky being Vicky. And it's a very noticeable switch. And it just speaks yes. to the great performance from Ted Danson. Ted does such a good job of literally portraying a skin suit and (laughs) Mm -hmm. being somebody else not being his character and he's got to obviously know these other characters as an actor pretty well to be able to recreate some of these things and it's also the writing too they do a very good job of giving him fussy vicky isms to say and the way he always feels uncomfortable in his skin as as vicky (laughs) is really really funny the real Michael, though, is with Jason on a push cart going down the train track, heading to the bad place with a bucket full of Glenn. And Jason has a question about Michael's plan to save Janet. And mainly, is there one? And do you have it yet? And Michael does have a plan. He says he does. What is Michael's plan in this episode? Is it to pretend Unclear. to be? Yeah. Because he knows about the suit. 
But uh-huh. I, we're going to get to it a little later. I don't think that Michael was intentionally pretending to be Vicky when he walked in the room. Oh, later. you don't? I Interesting. don't. So I don't, I don't know. That makes it I, even more of a stretch to see what the plan was. Because I was, yeah. if I'm going to give him anything, I would think it's that he's going to pretend to be the yeah. suit and get Jason in there so they can go get Janet and take her away. That seems yeah. like the plan because they're distracting. It's but just it's such so, a long shot. Yes, and and it yeah. is a long shot, and it doesn't feel like a plan at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So, he says he has a plan, uh, but he's not sure if it's going to work or not. So Jason asks the bucket of Glenn for some advice. <laughs> I love the blurbling noises. And I don't know. I feel like there's somebody somewhere in an office at NBC that spent a long time thinking about what the goo should look like, yeah. what color it should be, how thick it should be, and what it should sound like. They've when got it, a goo blurbles. Sure. And I want them to know that us here at End of the Time Knife appreciate that shit oh, yeah. because Great it makes goo. it funny. <laughs> Great goo. goo. You, you nailed the goo. <laughs> Michael decides that it's time to restore some of Jason's memories of the afterlife. He's got, well, it was 300 years of memories mm-hmm. that he's been withholding from Jason, he says, for obvious reasons. Can you please remind me when he yeah. gave Tahani hers? Because mm-hmm. he said, I've already restored Eleanor and Tahani's memories. Yeah. I don't think we ever saw that. Did that just come at some point with Tahani being a part of this neighborhood? I mean, I guess, but he had a specific reason for doing it with Eleanor. And he says he has a reason for doing it with Jason, but Mm -hmm. what was his reason with Tahani? Just because? Line is just kind of writing that off instead of showing it. Yeah. That is one of my problems with this episode because I feel like at the core there's a great Tahani thing in this episode. And if this were more of a Tahani episode, if she had an overarching thing about a flashback or maybe even getting her memories back or something in this episode, Mm -hmm. I think it would make her not being so sure about her place and her worth uh, a little more powerful because I think it's a good plot line. Even if we got a line when she's talking to Eleanor later Mm -hmm. that said like, when I saw my memories, I saw 300 years of me throwing parties and being vain, and I finally have a chance to not be that. Yeah. That line's not anywhere in there, so I can't yeah. give him the credit for it. <laughs> but we do get it with Jason, kind of. Now prepare yourself. This might be intense. Oh, dear. You remember everything? Yes. <laughs> This episode's at least good for giving us a lot of Jason in on the action for a whole half of the episode, being the right-hand man. I really like how much Manny Jacinto working off of Ted Danson we get in this episode. Because they're a great combination, and we don't usually get just the two of them together, but I'm really happy we do in this one. Jason remembers everything, and he goes right to the last time he was in the bad place when he threw a sick Molotov cocktail, and that is exactly what Michael was worried about, that he would just learn about these things, think that they're awesome, and not take the reason he was giving him all these Mm -hmm. memories to show all the mistakes he had made and how he just needs to control his impulses. There's a clever thing here with Michael selling Jason short about mm-hmm. his ideas because then he saves the day in the end by blowing yeah. something up. I think they build that up nicely here. But even that we'll get to later in the episode. I don't think they give it its full potential to make it as big of a moment as it could be. No. He tells Jason to fight the urge to blow stuff up even if you feel like we're in a jam. Got it? And Jason says, <laughs> I mean, that's very lame, but yeah, I understand. <laughs> 
And then as they keep pushing forward, Jason asks for his memories back again because he forgot most of them <laughs> as they enter the bad place and we get the intro beat. Mm -hmm. The other plot line this episode revolves, starting here, Eleanor gathering the neighbors together. And it's never been more obvious how it's the four humans and all the others yeah. who cares just here. Eleanor gathers them around to announce that Janet's going to be down as she undergoes routine maintenance. I think this episode in very small moments, utilizes John and Brent very well. All they yes. are is set dressing, but the couple of lines that they get, like John here with the eye lift, maybe an ear tuck, and then mm -hmm. Chidi reacting with a... Mm, mm, mm. That was it's so It's very in character, and we've already gotten to know these characters to the point where they can just pepper in their bits yeah. of dialogue to make this world feel more lived in. I like that. I like that too. And I think it, it goes to push to how... Chidi is still kind of being tortured by these people by having to deal with them all the time. I also think it's funny and don't quite think the show goes deep enough into it. The idea that they're really out of ideas here. They don't yeah. care about the other neighbors anymore. They don't care about their idea this week is Earth Day. We're going to mm -hmm. have Earth Day and everyone's going to get to do something that they like to do. Uh, you guys knit, you guys garden, <laughs> and those four get to do the really cool thing. Uh, what A gorgeous remote lake house with swimming and water skiing. <laughs> and it's been never more clear that they don't know what they're doing. And yeah. I don't think the show makes enough of a meal out of that, of them no. being like, oh, shit, I don't know. Fuck, let's just... <laughs> yeah, let's just put them all in that house and get them away from all of this. I, I don't think we see Eleanor scrambling quite enough. No. In this moment. I like Brent here peppering in. <laughs> Suck it, gardeners! Why do I feel like that's not the first time you've screamed those words? <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. Simone has a couple funny beats in this episode too, which I'm glad because we've probably gotten the least of her. It's of easy to forget she's people. there sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. And then in the end, uh, we're kind of jumping around a bit today when she comes mm -hmm. in and kisses Chidi, you're kind of like, oh yeah, yeah Simone is a big a player in this. I mm -hmm. forgot. I've still got meth on the brain. I'm still kind of coming down a little bit. I get it. Out of con We did Breaking Bad last week, if that was yeah. an out of context moment for anybody. We took a break for a week from The Good Place, and I forgot about so We Simone. took a break bad, would you say? No, I wouldn't. Oh. Sorry. That's okay. You know, it's it's okay. I tried, man. I'm just yeah. doing my best. Come yeah. on. You reached, but that time you didn't grab. Ah. Eleanor, we cut to her closing Mindy's fridge, and it's a fun reveal of Bad Janet being handcuffed and stuck to the fridge, and then she uses Bad Janet as a bottle opener. I thought that was cute. I'm into all that. This is when Derek pops in. I think this could be one of those episodes, except for one key moment, that mm -hmm. if you're not a Derek stan like us, that this could be a little bit like, they're not giving us anything new with Derek. It's the same jokes again, and he's yeah. there a lot. If you don't like Derek, this might not be your favorite Derek. But how do you feel as a Derek defender in this episode? Derek doesn't bother me. I think yeah. that I enjoy Derek, even if Derek is not great all the time. Derek but I like in. Derek. Thank you for keeping me safe from my sexy bad girl sister aunt. And bad Janet says, ew. <laughs> and Derek, at least in this episode, is feeling responsible for some things. Mm -hmm. And he's apologizing for his past. He's for my past classic Derek's is how he says. <laughs> and he agrees to help them going forward and to try to step in while Janet's away, which is good. Even though I don't know why anyone... This shows even more how much Eleanor is scrambling to yeah. accept help from Derek in this way, because how would that ever go Be well? Be good. Yeah. yeah. 
Eleanor, she says, well, I am put off by your glass full of Scrabble letters, but That's I don't really have funny. another choice. In this and that is once again doing like the same joke of Derek with a drink full of not a drink. But You're I right. think it's still funny. That joke is funny because Kristen Bell points it out. But it mm-hmm. is the same Derek joke. Again, you're right. She asked Derek to help keep the neighborhood running. Can you do that? And Derek says, I wasn't designed for this. <laughs> but to be fair, I wasn't designed for anything. So he's going to try. And Eleanor <laughs> will take care of the humans to take them out of the equation. So he only has to worry about the Janet babies. So I guess at least it's like a, you can go keep yourself busy with this thing that yeah. doesn't matter and isn't real while we take care of the real people and board them up. Mm-hmm. The beginning of Eleanor and Tahani's runner in this episode. Eleanor asks Tahani if she's ready. What is she asking her if she's ready for? Just to go to the lake house? To go to the lake house, yeah. And Tahani says she feels very confident. Let's unpack this line when she says, in the words of my godfather acting in what can only be described Mm -hmm. in hindsight as his most problematic role, you the man now, dog. Who do we think she's talking about? Robert Downey Jr. Do you think it's Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder? That was my first thought. Not that long ago, my partner and I were having a conversation about Tropic Thunder. Mm -hmm. A lot of people really celebrated that movie when it came out. I think Robert Downey Jr. might have been nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Is that true? I don't know if he got nominated for that movie. I think that would be... I don't think anyone got nominated for anything for that movie. I don't think that's true. I think I will that say movie... This maybe not an Oscar. Black maybe a Golden man, Globe or something. Yes. That was my question. Not a fucking problem with it. That's the one time you tell Lil that? where I'm okay with it. Yeah, I will. But you probably also agree that if someone that isn't their one time, that makes perfect sense. But sure. I am always in the room saying, it's not my opinion to have, but I feel like the opinion is that that's Cause it's, fine for some reason. That one is fine because one, it's really funny. And two, <laughs> he's making fun of a ridiculous <laughs> actor who would do that. Yes. And that's why I'm okay with it. It's like... Well, so is Jenner Maroney and 30 Rock. Yeah. And you don't have a problem with that. But they took those down, is what I'm saying. What I do have problem with is Ken Jong playing a dark elf. Mm-mm-mm. So can I get in writing, Stephen, that you, as a person of color, signing off on blackface? You're fine mm-hmm. with it. That's what you said. Under and the right so circumstances, my any kind of face is Bill fine. Cosby Halloween costume for later this year. It's going to go great. We both know that the black face wasn't the big issue with your Bill Cosby Halloween costume last year, Zach. I'm method. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so Eleanor thanks Tahani and sends her off to the lake house to do her hostess thing. But Tahani here is starting to feel like there's, you know, more she could do to be useful. She wants to be more involved, not just to be thrown off to keep everybody having fun in the lake house. But Eleanor's really busy. I think she's kind of putting down Tahani a lot in this episode. I don't love the energy from Mm -hmm. Eleanor whenever Tahani says these things, but we'll get more into that later. Derek, in the background, he takes a big drink of Scrabble letters while Tahani's like, everybody else has a job to do. Look at Derek. And he's drinking his Scrabble letters. Insert me, coach man. She really wants to be involved. Eleanor, put me in, coach. Babe. It's kind of endearing, you know? It and, is. and I know that, spoiler alert, not everything goes well with like what she's trying to do. But I think in a universe that we've established that intentions matter, Tahani yes. has good intentions. And I think it wouldn't have gotten to that point if Eleanor would have met her in the middle and Mm -hmm. listened to her. And if they had worked on a solution together or at least talked about how she's feeling, she wouldn't have felt like she had to just go and do something that screwed up some stuff. It's true. 
But Eleanor, she's trying to keep the humans, she uses words like dazzled. You know, Tahani, you can mm-hmm. keep them dazzled and make them little finger sandwiches. You know, what is? You just go do your thing. And it's very degrading a yeah. little bit. For Eleanor, who's always been so, oh, Tahani's so up here. Now she's kind of like, I'm the top dog and you just yeah. go do your little thing and have fun. What uh, Tahani says, finger sandwiches, what am I, Welsh? And Eleanor, it's a funny delivery, but how do we feel about the, I don't know. Are you? No. No, right? Do you think that's funny? Uh, Yeah, a little bit, because, yeah, you know, bit. Tahani has a U- United Kingdom accent, and it could be unclear where from, to, a, to an Arizona trash bag, such as Eleanor. Back to Michael and Jason. They arrive in this underground location, and they're trying not to be seen by anybody. And there's a very nice little moment at first when Jason admits that he's scared to Michael. Michael... I'm scared. Me too, bud. I mean, what if all this time apart has changed me and Janet's relationship? What if that special connection is gone? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's scary that we're standing in the birthplace of evil, surrounded by billions of demons who want to destroy us. Mm. I guess we both have things we're scared about. (laughs) That's cute. There's a nice back and forth with Michael and Mm -hmm. Jason all throughout this episode. That's actually that whole scene. That's that whole scene with Michael and Jason. It's very slight. That's it. Because then Tahani welcomes everyone to the lake house and starts to offer them all snacks. John starts going on immediately about the movie, The Lake House. He's like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is great. I love that movie, The Lake House, and how he loves movies with gentle magic. And then I thought this was such a good line and really inspired he says give me a good time traveling mailbox or a mother daughter (laughs) switch or a sarah michelle geller as a chef and her food tastes amazing because she cries in it ha 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 i should have been a screenwriter (laughs) i think that's really funny i like that kind of one-off a lot i think that's such a funny line someone in the writer's room went on a tear and knows john really well and Mm -hmm. that's a really funny joke i should have been a screenwriter (laughs) Brim takes off, naturally, to claim the master bedroom, and Tahani notices that Chidi isn't there. Simone steps in to say that he decided to stay in and read so he wouldn't be scared, because he's Mm -hmm. scared of, like, everything, including the water skiing and the swimming they'll be doing. So Tahani immediately, like, lets her thing go uh, to get more involved and to go figure out what's going on with Chidi. She leaves them to enjoy their full-size sandwiches, (laughs) and she goes to find Chidi. Back in the bad place, Jason is marveling at the employees of the Barami on the wall and comes across a picture of Michael. I think it's funny when Jason's looking at all the pictures and he's making fun of each one. He's like, ah, loser, ugly, gross, bee monster, because there's a poster of (laughs) a bee bee. that's not... I thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. But Michael's really put off by this picture of himself. Jason kind of thinks it's cool, but it reminds Michael of his former self and it gets really dramatic as he takes Mm -hmm. it down in shame and looks at it and says what echoes of this former self await me here (laughs) it's like me going to a show choir competition the year after high school you walk out halfway through and go punch a bathroom stall yeah jason says i feel you it was always hard for me to go back to my old high school so many memories also the junkyard machine crunched it into (laughs) tiny cubes (laughs) Very funny. Michael is always a little condescending to Jason, and I Mm -hmm. wish someone would say something about it eventually, like here. He says, yeah, if we get out alive, I want to re-erase your teen years. Yeah. Be nice. You're saving humanity. Be nice to your buddies. 
Eleanor's at the train station, kind of anxiously looking at the tracks, waiting for Michael and Jason to show up. And that's when she's approached by one of the Janet babies, Wanda, who comes up and just starts saying, bargity, 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 bark. <laughs> the second time she says it, she just does this weird mechanical smile that I thought was very funny. I like seeing all of the NPC broken behavior. I do too, and we don't get uh, enough of them outside of no, this episode. No, we don't. You've been watching a lot of the show through that angle, and this mm-hmm. episode finally really awards that because yeah. we've been kind of noticing this in the background the whole series, but now it's just there's no semblance of holding it all together at it's all. It's so funny. They're just broken. So Eleanor calls in Derek, who stresses that things are not going well. Well, it turns out being a single father to 300 kids is not that easy, Eleanor. <laughs> But Eleanor is able to at least take it as a small win that the four humans are in the lake house away from all this. But then, you know, she notices, well, wait, Tahani's here and not there. And why are you here? Oh, you're here because (laughs) Chidi's home. So this is all much worse and they're not taken care of. So Eleanor and Tahani stumble into Chidi's place trying to act nonchalant. Just, hey, what are you doing to make sure he doesn't see anything? I'm getting ready for them to do something else with Chidi. Yes. Right? Me too. He's funny in this episode. He has a couple Mm -hmm. of the funniest moments in the show, but I don't know. And they even pointed it out a couple episodes ago that Chidi like was having too good a time. Like everything Mm -hmm. was perfect. And then Eleanor went too far the other way. But Chidi's just kind of chilling. You know, he doesn't really have much pressure on him. He's helping people a little bit, but he's just kind of anxiously chilling. But he's able to say, "Nah, I'm just going to stay home. Like he felt no obligation to go with the rest of the group to make sure they were okay. Yeah, and that's big. Typically, Mm -hmm. Chidi would be all over that. Yeah. I love Jamila in her moment as Tahani when they're poking around her apartment. She, like, is trying to act nonchalant like she's not looking around and covers up the window so he can't see outside. Yeah. Just a little funny bit of acting. And Chidi apologizes for staying home. It's because swimming and water skiing scare him. And Eleanor always knows how to say these things to Chidi and says, yeah, we knew you weren't going to be into that. So what we actually did is made you a special (laughs) solo activity because this isn't your thing. You know, you're going to be really into this. And he is. He's intrigued. And Mm -hmm. they let him know. Well, Eleanor lets him know that they've hidden several clues all around his apartment as pieces of a puzzle. And Chidi's so into this. He gives the first of a couple. Ooh. It's really he cute loves puzzles. because Chidi loves puzzles and and little things like this. And and this is something that like Eleanor would have done for him as like a cute love thing. Absolutely. Like it kind of takes me back to when she put together the boat for him. Yeah. To have some time away from him back in season one. Yes, he loves his puzzles. Tahani tries to help because she really wants to be a part of this. And she slips in. And if you finish the puzzle, you'll be given the answer to the truth about the universe, (laughs) which Chidi's really into. And Eleanor's like, oh, yeah, huh? Apparently. And deflects and tries to get Tahani. It's so kind of cringy that she deflects and just goes right to, oh, yeah, haha, Tahani, you better get back to the party. Uh, You better go take care of those people and we'll leave you to it. I don't know. It's very deflective of Eleanor. I, I Just really putting Tahani down in this episode. Yeah, I don't love it. Me either. Chidi says to Eleanor before she leaves, So, what's my first clue? You've already gotten it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Demon Con, and Sean yeah. takes the stage as Michael and Jason spy from around the corner as Sean dives into hour 52 of 4,000 on a presentation about the future of torture, 
which Jason can't believe that this is going to go on so long. And he's going to be on stage for 4,000 hours. And it makes him want to throw a Molotov. And Michael cuts him off. He says, no, not cocktail. That could have been anything. That <laughs> could have been Molotov anything. But Michael <laughs> says, no, we don't need that. He has a plan. And so Sean, he starts pining about poking sticks for people mm -hmm. and how that maybe they should be harder or maybe they should be hotter or maybe even less hot for some reason. Just I to like mess the plot twist that. of less hot when like you, if you were expecting a really hot poking stick and it's room temperature, it becomes a comfort. Yeah. The hotness. And when yeah, it's not you what you want expect it. it to be. And then yeah. you're like, oh, this is weird. It's like uh, that water torture where they drip water at random interval intervals on your head and because you can't predict when it's going to drip it feels like someone's drill drilling through your skull <laughs> like that but with a room temperature poking stick you never know when the pokes are coming zach i don't have anything to say but that, that was funny <laughs> <laughs> michael this is where we kind of see his plan or lack thereof mm -hmm. as sean starting to talk about this michael steps in to interrupt First with a little slow clap. Says, nice speech. Not. What's up, dingus? And everyone is shocked. Sean, most of all. But before we get back to that, Derek is generally freaking Derek. out about the Janet baby's behavior. <laughs> They're all, like, I don't know. One of them has like a, uh, what's the word? Chair? Painting? No. Painting? Not painting. Poster? The easel? Not easel. Sure. Canvas. The white thing. Canvas. We did it. Mm. One of them's like smashing a canvas over someone's head and Derek's like, oh my God, no, that's not Derek and rushing all around. <laughs> Tahani steps in while Derek's freaking out and tells him that she's going back to party planning because apparently that's all she's good for. I think it's really funny that Derek goes, oh, okay, when she says that. <laughs> and then she begins to ask him for some supplies because Derek mm -hmm. is the Janet now. So I need these napkins, cocktail napkins that say Lake... Lake to meet you. Lake, Better lake, lake than never. <laughs> lake to meet you. <laughs> Derek's got nothing left in the tank. So Tahani, frustrated and having heard some things about Derek before, suggests that maybe he reboot himself because then he would be a little bit better when he wakes up. The whole neighborhood, the people would be rebooted and he could run the neighborhood more assuredly. And also, you know, you said you wanted to make it up to all of us. So why don't you reboot yourself? And Derek seems into this and excitedly pops off. <laughs> to do so it sets up a very funny scene oh yeah that's what i was talking about earlier the mm -hmm. one derek scene that even yeah. if you don't like derek i think that could have gone on longer we'll get to that in a second i agree sean asks thinking that michael is vicky vicky why are you here early and why does your suit smell so terrible and michael's really <laughs> not you know it does what the hell Makes does michael smell like that <laughs> <laughs> even in the bad place everyone's he was just pumping a train cart for who that's knows true how long. for who knows how long that looked endlessly expansive yeah. that would make you smelly i guess sean is fooled and introduces michael to the crowd as vicky in a michael suit he believes that it is vicky and michael's plan or whatever he's trying to do here seems to be working i think it's so funny when sean says uh spin around for us would you hun and grabs <laughs> ted danson's ass and he gives this little i love it this is such a funny <laughs> moment Sean starts to explain that humans are getting harder to torture and that they're getting worse and that the butthole spiders aren't working anymore because the humans get bored of it and then the spiders themselves get bored. So he's come up with what he's calling torture 2.0. But just then, before he can go further, Michael steps in and he does a Vicky thing here where he says, I've got a surprise for you. It sounds very Vicky the way that he says it and surprises him with a Jason suit and has Jason step in. This is kind of the whole scene that I wish this was all much more 
climactic and scary and tense. Yeah, like I wish there was any fear that like they were going to get caught when this was happening or that like, I don't know. Sean should have known from the first second. Right. Yes. And just let it go on for a second. Because you know who's not a scientist or an engineer? Fucking Vicky. Let's rewrite the episode. I think Sean should know from the beginning, but see where it goes because he thought it would be fun. Yeah. And then captures them, but they manage to escape. Exactly. That's what it should be. They could have still blown up Rufus like in a hallway or something. That could have been how they escape is they're getting taken into the the cell. The three of them together because they've been found out. And then Jason pulls out the thing and explodes the demon. Yes. Yeah. Small tweak that I think would have actually been a little better. It wouldn't have been that hard. You could still have all of this scene, except when Vicky comes out, Sean's like, of course I knew you dingus or calls him (laughs) something, you know. It worked. From the smell. I knew the second you walked in here, I could smell the Michael all over. You smell like soap. You haven't bathed in 4,000 years. Yeah. Sean didn't okay the Jason suit, and I do like Michael's response of, I know, but hey, I'm Vicky. I'm a total munch. That you are. Good point. <laughs> she is an eater, and she does eat it for lunch. I don't do think that's what that, that meant in this context. I think this more meant reference? butt munch. But I that's do know what being a munch now is someone that's who that likes to perform cunnilingus on a partner. Or also is just like someone who's like a drip on somebody. Eat eat it for lunch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You can munch on a butt. Sure. I'm not above. I'm not above a butt munch. (laughs) You've munched a butt or two in your day. But the term butt munch, I don't think, was describing a sexually explicit behavior. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. It was more like eat shit, not like eat out an asshole sexually in this context. I'm, you're saying the same thing twice, back to back. <laughs> Fair enough. Sean starts feeling the face of Jason and compliments the suit other than the cheekbones. So you went a little overboard on the cheekbones. He's just too cute. He's just got those nice cheekbones. He's so handsome. And he's funny. Yeah. Me chained to the elevator and or into the Whoa. refrigerator like uh, Bad Janet, <laughs> Manny Jacinto there. You'd let him I'd... open a bottle on you? Yeah. Sure. Sean asks who's in the suit, and Michael explains that it's Glenn, which kind of makes sense, I guess, because Sean's mm-hmm. been wondering where Glenn is. So, hey, Glenn, wondered where you'd been. And Jason says, yes, I'm right here in Jason. <laughs> Definitely not a big bucket of goo. <laughs> but Michael steps right on that so it doesn't really get noticed and asks to be sent to torture good Janet. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know, why don't you just send us over to good Janet? Which way was it again? Was it over there? But Sean has an idea that might go a little bit better, be a little more fun. They're going to use these suits to torture good Janet there live on stage. So the crowd starts clapping and Jason and Michael pretend to clap too. And Jason says, oh, is this part of your plan? This isn't really going well. Michael says, this is not part of my plan. Jason says, oh, thank God. I thought you had a bad plan as they Mm -hmm. all clap. I don't know if I think that line's all that funny. I don't either. And I am thinking now that maybe Michael did plan the first part of this Mm, because he came in talking like a demon super duper. But how did he know that Sean would be up there speaking Mm -hmm. and Vicky wouldn't have already been there or wouldn't be there in the crowd or so? Like he doesn't know the schedule. He didn't know that fucking demon con was happening. It does kind of feel like one of those episodes where we know A and B and C, but like getting from A to B and mm-hmm. getting from B to C, we just got to like kind of make it happen and throw in some jokes. Yeah. When there have been other episodes where how they get from A to B and B to C is undeniable. Exactly. And it, it flows and it, it I buy it. Not here. 
As they're all clapping, we cut to Derek, who can't bring himself to hit the button and bring himself to his death. It's easy. Just hit the button. We've seen Mindy do it a million times. Yeah, here we go. No, no, no. Don't kill me, me. Don't do it. Uh, huh. Now, why is that so hard? I kind of, you know what? I see what I got to do. Just kind of look at this Derek. It's a very, very small moment, and I think it's mm -hmm. one of the funniest moments of the entire episode. At first, he just has to go do it, but can't, and begs himself to stop. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I know what I have to do. I have to just, Derek! And he runs towards <laughs> it and plunges it. I think that's so funny. I would have you, loved to see a minute and a half more of him trying to walk attempts. up to it and then stopping himself. And be like, please think of the kids. I don't have any kids. You have 300 kids. I have 300 kids. Like that would have been really funny. <laughs> that is funny. I would have liked mm -hmm. that too. But he does it pretty quickly. He charges, he derricks, he plunges the button, he falls down, and then all the Janet babies <laughs> fall down. Which, of course, isn't the solution that Tahani no. thought it would be. Now there's just a bunch of dead bodies all over the place. <laughs> Eleanor is super not happy about this. But Tani was just trying to be useful. You know, she was trying to be helpful and step in, but she feels like she ruined everything. Mm. I think Eleanor is so condescending for the rest of this episode. I think it just keeps getting worse. And especially yeah. the scene where they talk at the end and Eleanor's like, here's my lesson to you. And Tahani's like, yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. I think Eleanor's being an ass to Tahani yeah. when she's saying like, well, why don't you just mind your place, basically? Mm -hmm. You know, and here... El Tahani says she ruined everything and Eleanor says no no you gave us a way out Tahani says oh so I didn't ruin everything and Eleanor's <laughs> like no no you did you you didn't fix everything you made it difficult in a new way I don't know I just don't like the tone yeah that's kind of shitty so when Tahani tries to speak Eleanor even straight up cuts her off and says be quiet and follow my lead and then goes off yeah so they call out to Chidi Say, Chidi, come on out here, bud. And he has these clues. And he asks <laughs> if he's getting close. And Eleanor says, no, you found five out of 4,000. So we're just going to skip to the end. <laughs> she reveals that this task was supposed to take Chidi all around the neighborhood on all these adventures, horseback riding, hot air balloon rides, and trying to get him out of his comfort zone and to try new things. And she also explains for some reason, she feels like she needs to explain why Tahani was there, mm -hmm. that she asked Tahani to help because she's done those things in the real world and might be a good guide for Chidi as he goes through those things. But Chidi, I don't know. He knows who he is. That's not yeah. his thing. That's out of his comfort zone. He says, my comfort zone is literally this chair. And even the arms on it are a little sharp for me. <laughs> Yeah, his chair, like the arms were really kind of fucked on that. Is that from him sitting there stressed, it scratching it all day? <laughs> Probably yeah. exactly that. <laughs> I think this was another scene that made me think I want to move on to something else with Chidi. Mm -hmm. Because the first time we had Eleanor and Chidi have a moment without Chidi knowing what the moment is was great. The second time was great. This is like the fourth or fifth time. Mm -hmm. And it's not new or getting deeper. It's time yeah. to do something else with it now. I agree. So we get another moment of, do you trust me, Chidi? And Chidi, yeah, you know what? I really do. I do And trust they you, take off together. It's a sweet moment, but this whole episode, we've seen this bigger and better before. It's true. And it's going to get bigger and better. Mm -hmm. Sean is talking about the skin suits and how they're going to be a game changer. They're going to be able to torture humans. He says, you could torture humans as their wife or their ex-wife or just some mouthy broad. <laughs> 
And he says that these suits are so convincing that they can even work on a good Janet. Bringing mm-hmm. out Janet, who has handcuffs on, is a little bit magnet drunk. Mm-hmm. And goes right into telling Vicky that her Michael impression almost stinks as much as her suit. And Michael's really feeling bad about it now that Janet's pointing it out too. <laughs> Why does everyone keep saying that? But of course, Janet's caught off guard when she sees there's a new suit and it's supposed to be Jason. And of course, Janet knows immediately that this is the yeah. real Jason. When Jason starts saying, hi, Janet, it's me, Jason, your boyfriend. I really miss you. I know we were in a fight before, but I hope you've forgiven me because I love you, girl. And then Janet says, not a not girl. Writing the wrong from last week, mm-hmm. which is really nice. I love it. And I just don't buy, though, that Sean would not also be, that's Jason, that's Michael. Why is yeah. he so stupid in this if he's such an evil genius? I don't know. He never has been before like this, I don't think. Yeah. Sure, he's abrasive, and sure, he's quick to cocoon people when he doesn't like what they're saying, but he's not an idiot. No, and I feel like he usually catches on to schemes relatively quickly. He may not always stop them, but he at least figures out what's going on. Michael straight up goes back to fake torture mode and says to Janet, how does that make you feel? And she goes, terrible, and it's so (laughs) fake. Yeah. Sean congratulates Glenn slash Jason on adequate work and has Rufus get ready to take the Janet back to her cell. But Michael steps in because he wants him and Jason to take her back to her cell, you Mm -hmm. know, extra torture. And Sean says, I don't see why not. (laughs) So they're going to go do that. But then suddenly, of course, and in a way that I think could have been handled better. Yes. I'm trying. I'm going to stop hating on the episode. The episode's fine. The other Michael comes in. Hello, dummies. It's me, Michael. Just kidding. It's Vicky in a Michael suit. And then she notices the other Michael and says, I wasn't told I'd have an understudy. <laughs> Things on stage get really tense as we cut away from that for a moment. Maybe I'm just a hater this week. I think this joke that we're getting to next with Eleanor and Tahani leading Chidi blindfolded outside to do something fun where Eleanor ends up like kicking and kicking beating guy a to drop the guy. baby. And then saying it's a unicorn? But no, no, we didn't kill a unicorn. We killed a regular horse. What? Yeah, but I don't know. It gives very much Tahani on Earth right before she died level of, like, ineptitude. I don't care for it. I do like Chidi's behavior in this as he is trying to have fun while he's blindfolded. And he says, this is kind of fun. I mean, I'm very <laughs> scared, but also I like it. <laughs> There are a lot of little bits in this episode yeah. that if they were really funny, it would make for a really fun episode. But instead, it kind of feels like we've got these two plot points and we know where they're going. And, mm-hmm. they're and not... then we have all the little bits. Little bits. <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the episode, I'll, I'll give them this one. Sean, who is befuddled by the two Michaels, says, what in the name of Kevin Spacey's self-made <laughs> oh Christmas Eve video message to try to get back on House of Cards is going on here? That's the most 2019 joke, and I love it. Oh, yeah. It's so specific. Have you ever seen that video of Kevin Spacey? No, that's real? Yes. After like the same year he got fired uh, because of raping people, he made a video on YouTube in character as the House of Cards guy where he's basically like, who cares if I did it? You all know if I did it or not. That's not the point. And it's just like this weird, weird video. You should watch it. (laughs) He did another one a year later. Oh, my God. Weird. Yeah. Jason, while Sean is going off about Kevin Spacey, hands Michael the demon exploder, and he says he didn't bring it up because Michael told him to wait and not explode anything. Mm -hmm. 
I buy that. I think that's a good enough. I that I buy entirely. That Jason would be like, okay, then I guess I shouldn't mention the yeah. device, the sonic screwdriver <laughs> type thing that I have. Sean asks why Vicky made a second suit. And instead of doing this whole, okay, well, who's the real Michael? Who's the real Vicky? She says she didn't and just takes her suit off to prove that yeah. she is Vicky. And the crowd, even though the Bad Place crowd is supposed to be demons, they're kind of NPC Janet babies too. Yeah, and they just like, keep yeah. cheering at everything. And Sean keeps being like, don't cheer at that. <laughs> Which means Sean discovers that this has been the real Michael the whole time. So mm-hmm. Michael lets it all out. They know what the Bad Place has been up to. They know their plan to sabotage the experiment. They know about Chris pretending to be Linda and about the bad Janet. They know about all of it. The crowd just keeps applauding to the whole thing the whole time. And Sean yells at them. So Michael starts pleading with Rufus, his old coworker and roommate, please mm-hmm. don't take a step. Don't make this a thing because if you do, we're going to explode you with this demon exploder. <laughs> and Sean says demon exploder. Which I exploder. get the skepticism there. Come on, man. At least try to make that sound convincing. Demon exploder. <laughs> but Michael does use it and Rufus explodes. And Sean says, wow, too shit. I think there should have been more of a buildup here of like, well, Michael's not going to explode a demon. But I guess we know that they don't like die, die, because Glenn's fine. But I thought the same thing. I had a moment later. It was like, did Vicky just fucking die? Yeah. Here in a second. I was like, no, they're that I, way for I, I was like, oh, shit, he's killed Vicky. And then, oh, I guess not. And they could have, I think. It would have yeah. been like, whoa, shit. Mm-hmm. Do we ever actually see a demon be retired? No. We should have. Yeah, somebody should have gotten it. Maybe something happens to Sean. Does Sean get it? No. I don't remember what happens. I'm excited. Yeah. Michael has his moment where he tries to speak to the demons and explain. It's a speech that we've heard a lot, but to see it from the perspective of Michael's telling his people. I used to be just like all of you. I sat right where you're sitting at more than 10,000 demon cons. And I believed that we committed torture as a part of the moral balance of the universe. But I've learned that's wrong. Humans are capable of self-improvement and so are we. And he says, I even think Sean does know it. Yeah. And Sean gives a little smirk, but you know, he probably does. That's never been the point is that humans are bad. The point is that, no, what I do is the right way to do things and I'm not budging. And I think that that speaks volumes and I think subtly sets up some things that happen later on is that the demons aren't necessarily evil. They're just... Like Michael said, he's like, I spent thousands of years thinking I was just giving out the punishment that was earned to get them here. Yeah, exactly. The Nazis weren't evil. No, they just thought. They just backed the wrong team. Yeah. I've lost so many bets by picking the wrong team, Zach. And if that's a crime. Michael asked them to open their eyes to the truth. And before anybody says anything, Vicky starts to slow clap. And there's this weird, <laughs> uh, big confrontation between Vicky and Michael. Mm-hmm. Vicky says, what a monologue. Not. The audience And Michael goes. holds up the demon exploder to her and gets ready to blow her up. But Vicky decides to get back into the Michael suit and tries to mm-hmm. intimidate him, which I think is kind of a nice moment. Yeah. She tries to shake him. And show him that, no, you're just like me. You're still like this. This is still in you. You're still a demon. She says that he's still vile and ugly, capable of darkness. And now, this is a little corny, opens her hands, and now you're home. (laughs) Vicky opens her arms wide, and then she's exploded. The way that this exploding is filmed... I didn't see anyone press the button on her. It's just a shot of her exploding. It just kind of... 
thought there was going to be a reveal that there's like another person that steps mm. in and did something. But I just think it was an awkward shot. Yeah, because you just kind of see the, the splat. And for a second, I thought Vicky was fucking dead. She yeah. explodes. The crowd goes crazy. They're going nuts. <laughs> they love this. And Michael, Janet, and Jason make their run for it. As Sean yells, stop clapping. They're getting away. Stop them. <laughs> and we get Todd, the great mm -hmm. Joe Mandy, a one shot, very meta, very funny. The highest production value character, I guess, of the yeah. entire Good Place franchise, Todd the Lava Monster. I swear, the production value at Demon Con gets better every year. <laughs> they're just putting on a show. They just think they're seeing a exactly. show. Exactly. Chidi finally arrives to the lake house and he's totally blown away. Chidi says, I can't believe I almost missed all of this. And then has a realization to Eleanor and Tahani. Is that the true answer to the universe? <laughs> Tahani and Eleanor are like, uh, uh, yeah, part of it. Sure. Ooh, the puzzle Ooh. continues. I love Chidi. I do too, but he deserves more and better. Agreed. That's got to be coming soon, right? I hope so. What happens next? I don't remember. How much longer does this go on before it gets disrupted? How many episodes are in this season? 14, if you include the two-parters. This is episode five. Probably another couple. Yeah. Simone is happy. She shows up. She's happy to see that Chidi made his way there. I kind of like how Simone, as a soulmate, is just mm -hmm. kind of going to let Chidi do his thing. Yeah. She doesn't feel the need to like go bug him. If he didn't want to do this because he's scared of swimming, cool. Have fun at home. I'm going to go swimming. I think that's yeah. healthy. But she's happy so to see that Chidi shows up and they share a kiss. I think that uh, Eleanor's reaction to that was really well done, where it's very it's, it's very obvious what's happening, but it's not like she's like, Urgh. she's just like, oh, fuck, I Able forgot to let that it that's go. a thing. Mm -hmm. Then she goes outside with Tahani, and I think this scene is strange because Eleanor is just off this week. Mm -hmm. They're confiding in each other about what's going on. Eleanor tells Tahani that this has all been insane, but they got through it together. And Tahani is kind of stuck on this. Well, no, we didn't. You got through it. I almost ruined it a hundred times. Tahani's is totally committed now to just sticking to throwing parties because it's all that she's good at. And yeah. instead of being like, no, you're good at so many things, Eleanor starts, oh, boo-hoo to Tahani. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that... Tahani necessarily deserved this whole thing because sure, Eleanor is scrappy and things like that. But Tahani also like his helped out in other ways before like she's not useless when they were on earth especially tahani was one of the leaders and was super helpful with a lot of stuff yeah. and i think it's really kind of unfair for eleanor to be like, well you never had to do anything in your life but if i ever had to throw a party i couldn't <laughs> do it i know that's so like that's shitty <laughs> Don't be jealous of me for being the president of this whole thing. You're so good at what you do. I could never flip a burger the way that yeah. you do. And just a couple episodes after Eleanor was kind of brought under fire for her leadership, mm -hmm. you would think that she should still be willing to hear, okay, what's your issue? I want to hear it. I want to get to the bottom of it. Whether as a leader or as a friend, I think mm -hmm. she kind of messes up on both accounts. Boo-hooing Tahani. But then she notices that Tahani is actually upset. And yeah. Eleanor says, well, when I said throw a party, I didn't mean a pity party. And Tahani tries to explain herself. She explains that she's sad, that all she can do is throw these parties that feel pointless to her, while Eleanor takes over and figures a way out of every new jam. And no matter what comes to her, Eleanor figures out what to do there. But Eleanor says, I had to scrape. I grew up poor. I didn't. I don't know, man. It's yeah. weird, right? Don't care for it. 
Tahani stayed in a castle with diamond lamps and golden pillowcases. If the rules were reversed and Eleanor had to throw a party to save humanity, they'd be screwed because she doesn't know fancy forks and whatever spoons. Well, actually, the whatever spoons are just for the fancy jellies. I don't know. I think this has the bones of a really great Tahani character moment. Yeah. But instead, it's kind of ruined by a weird Eleanor character moment for me. Yeah, That I don't think was intentional. Yeah, I think it just kind of fell flat. But what Eleanor tries to say to help Tahani and ends up helping, she says that you're taking care of the four most important humans in existence, and I put you in charge of that because I trust you, and you're creating these opportunities for them to bond and make friendships, which is the whole point of all of this, to get them together, to get them to change, and without you being able to facilitate those things, how would they be able to do that? Mm -hmm. It's a good enough point, but I do not think it undoes the oh boo hoo don't throw a pity party i think that's cruel for no yeah, reason it's pretty shitty eleanor says oh and even still she's yeah and if we make it through this <laughs> i'll support you while you learn to weld or whatever and they shake and make a deal on it i don't know that's if your partner was like i really want to take up map making mm-hmm. and you were like Pfft. <laughs> okay well if this works out i'll help you do a map yeah. or whatever like that's so condescending you that's should really be like, shitty yeah let's figure out how to make space for you to do the thing mm-hmm. that you want to do we're to the last scene of the episode i do think the last scene is great yeah. michael jason and janet are back on the cart making their way back to the neighborhood just i thought this was a little weird though actually they destroy the tunnel to the bad place janet does to stop them from following them janet says that should keep them from following us and michael says so smart glad to have you back janet all she did was explode the tunnel which is what jason would have done Mm, and what michael was hating on jason for doing why is it so smart for janet to explode a tunnel but so stupid for jason to want to explode stuff clever girl do you have any thoughts Mm. (laughs) also why the fuck didn't they do that in the first place like yeah. forever ago. <laughs> a long, long, long like, time ago. Like as soon you can as just they... do that. Is that yeah. the one entry point and now they just can't get there? But where does the railroad go now? <laughs> Janet feels for Michael. This is a nice little moment. That must have been really hard for you to go back there. And Michael says it was. I don't like facing that version of himself. That's a nice friend moment. Yeah. And then Jason speaks up with some real Jason wisdom, saying, Michael, it's okay to feel or plead guilty about bad things you used to do, but you don't have to feel shame about who you were because you're not a demon anymore. You're just like a nice, weird, happy old dude. It's true. That's, That's what, what I'm hoping to, to be. become. <laughs> yes. A nice, we'll be weird, nice happy, weird old happy old dude. Together. We're already weird and mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> we're halfway <Yeah>. there. <laughs> Janet thanks Jason for rescuing her. And they say that they've missed each other. They have a nice little moment. I feel weird about this because the breakup was so affecting. And now it wasn't real. And it kind of, I don't know how I feel about this reconciliation because it doesn't feel as earned because this Janet didn't go through how sad Jason was. It feels a little strange, this, this getting back together. Do you think? Yeah, it does. But also Jason and Janet weren't really fighting the same when like Janet had already been taken to the bad place by the time most of that pre breakup annoyance had started. That's been like pretty much the whole season. It's been the other Janet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could have used a little bit more maybe, and maybe we'll get it next week of 
Janet really getting caught up to date on what she missed and yeah. them having a real good relationship conversation. Like you I hope we got get that it next because week. he's like the bad Janet was so mean to me and you can see Janet kind of like getting upset at that. But I wish that there was like one more little moment of her being like, well, I'm they just back go now. to the joke. Yeah. Mm hmm. Which is a good joke. That's why I was yeah. saying I like the end of the scene. Bad Janet was so mean to me. She told me so many lies. Like she said the Jags cut Blake Bortles. Can you believe that? Oh no. Jason, that wasn't a lie. Blake Bortles was cut by the Jaguars. What? How? Why? Who's their QB now? A man named Nick Foles. Nick Foles? Are you kidding me? He won a Super Bowl. We're going to be unstoppable. Bolt! I think Jason, for this being a Jason episode, it's not my favorite Jason episode. Yeah. And I think Manny Jacinto's best delivery is here at the end when he says, oh, no, it's this guy, Nick Foles. Nick Foles, are you kidding me? That guy won a Super Bowl. <laughs> We're unstoppable. Foles. Foles. I think that's such a good moment when you really think he's like, oh, shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and he's excited. I think that's such that's a great, great little boy delivery. So they all yell Foles. They have a big moment together. Mm -hmm. They're all, I don't know, feeling better. They're feeling like things are going brighter as they head back home away from the bad place. And <laughs> as we zoom away from them, we hear Janet say, oh, Nick Foles just broke his clavicle. <laughs> I wonder if that happened it did. after they filmed the episode closer oh, to when the episode ADR. came out. I think they might have. That'd be funny. Well, that's the end of the episode. Maybe it's because we're recording this at night that I'm a little bit of a hater, but I did feel both times that I watched this episode that this should be like one of those really big early uh -huh. mid-season episodes that's really getting things going. And instead, it kind of feels like, yes, The Good Place is great. These characters are great. There's some really funny jokes. I love being in this world. I feel like we've been to all of these places before. Well, and it should be big because they went into the bad place in the mm -hmm. belly of the beast in the middle of a demon convention and saved Janet and got her back. And it wasn't very exciting. Yeah. Let us know, you guys, if you think this episode is climactic and if we're just haters. Because I don't know, man. I feel like I even remember feeling this way when the season was airing. Mm -hmm. That it started really good. It felt like there was a little bit of a dip. And then it got really good again at the end. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's quite a season three dip, but I do think it's a no. little bit of a dip. A little bit. This well, week for sure compared to the last few. The last thing we've got to do here is determine who gets the good place and who gets the bad place. I'll start with the bad place because I think nobody mm -hmm. is going to be surprised that I think Eleanor earns it with flying colors yeah. this week by, I don't know, so, so many people give her so much space for her shit. And the second that Tahani is like, I don't feel fulfilled in what you're asking me to do. She's like, no, honey, you're in the right spot at best and at worst boo hoo why are you throwing a pity party i think that's all really bad behavior and i think i expect a lot better from eleanor at this point in season four of the show and her relationship with tahani it made me very sad i want to give an honorable mention to eleanor the only reason i don't want to give her the full bad place this week is because what she does does solve the problems that were created and she does get them to the resolution at the end and that's the only that's thing the that point. saves her for me then who is it? I'm going to change my choice because I had originally okay. picked Derek, but <laughs> in hindsight, Derek did his best. It wasn't very chaotic, Derek, neutral but he Derek. did his best. Yeah. So I, this week, am going to award the bad place to Second City's own 
Vicky the Demon, because a true actress to a demon is such a cop not out. You're only get doing in her head. You don't you want to be different than my Eleanor pick? Giving it no, to a demon I'm is such a cop it, out. And I'm putting it in the ledger. Vicky for my Why bad specifically place. Vicky? Because all the um, time because she we're gets in her head with her demons. acting, and a true performer just lets the art flow, and instead she okay. overthought it and did not have a believable Michael. She hadn't thought okay. of the smell. Sure. Well, then how about the good place? Let me think. I, have a I good think place I'm going to give week. mine to Jason. Give he it saves to him, his then. girl. Not a girl. And he also, <laughs> yes, he <laughs> saves his not a girl. And he's very open to, okay, maybe you're right and I should step mm-hmm. down and not blow everything up. But then at the end, knowing no, now is the time to blow things up. And I, I don't know. I think Jason does, some, for, for Michael hating on him so much for having no impulse control, I think he shows great impulse control in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Michael is kind of yes and off the seat of his pants in a more traditional Jason Mendoza way, mm-hmm. Jason Mendoza is the guy who's like, what's the plan? What are we doing here? Yeah. So uh, Jason has a great week this week. I'm giving my good place to Michael, and here's why. Michael literally went into the belly of the beast and faced his own demons. That's so true. And then when Vicky, who was a mirror to the him that he no longer wants to be and said, I'm you, you're still a demon, this is what you are, he rejects that and blows it up. So Michael gets it for me this week. That's a good point. That's a good explanation. I'm going to stick mm-hmm. with my Jason, but I think that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, it's we not easy the points. to go back to your old stomping grounds and stand up to everybody. It's a lot yeah. easier to just fall back into old habits. And Michael doesn't. That says a lot. Good for Michael. Well, that's our podcast on Employee of the Bear Me. Not my favorite episode of season four so far. Mm-mm. Probably my least favorite episode of season four so I'd far. I'd probably agree with that. But not a bad episode. And it wouldn't end on a bottom 10 episodes of the, of show, the show or no. anything. It's just another moving to the next segment mm-hmm. episode. And I'm excited to see what the next segment in the season is because I don't remember. Next week, we're going to be back to talk about episode six of the final season, which is called A Chip Driver Mystery. Ah. Is this a Brent episode? This is a Brent episode. I'm not against it. Let's see where it goes. I'm excited. Let's go for it. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, coming back into it. I hope you checked out our Breaking Bad podcast last week and are excited about the potential of us doing a Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul podcast. Zachy, we need to cook. And uh, I hope you're willing to go give us a little look over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We're starting at just $5 a month. You can help out your favorite Zach and Steven. You can help us get more podcasts out to you and help us uh, make this a real career path to prove daddy that it is a job. Come on, pops. I'm sick of me and Steven's dads contacting us all the time. All the time. Telling us that podcasting isn't a real job. I'm sick of it. Dad, get off the horn. So patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Shut our dads up. Steven, where else can the people find us? You know, if you really want to crank our hand cart and just splooge us into a big old bucket of goop, come over and and malt Our goop us. glurgles are satisfying. They sure are. You know, we did get taken off a of slime talk because of uh, what was underneath the goo, but we did our best. Check us out unadulterated on... Twitter and Instagram over at Time Knife Pod. We're also on YouTube, very daltered. <laughs> Check out the video campaign of this podcast. See which one of us, me or Zach, sneezed, vomited, coughed, or cried more times Less this, this time. week. 
Less this time than last time. But uh, come check out the video. We do wacky things with our bodies. Things you won't believe. <laughs> Zach and Steven do crazy things with their bodies. Number things 10 will gobsmack hot. you. <laughs> Thank you for spending time with us. It really means a lot to us that we get to be silly on a Zoom call a couple hours a week and that there are actually people out there who like to get silly with us. So thanks Ooh, for get silly. being your silly self. Like I said, we'll be back next week to talk about a chip driver mystery. Until then, Stephen, why don't you get us out of here? <clears throat> From inside the time knife. Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Stephen. And we love you very much. Have a great week. Goodbye. Goodbye. What did you hear that was funny? Um, it's one of our episodes, but I laughed a lot at the. Oh, it was the twenty-five or six to four one. That was mm-hmm. uh, the ending was funny, and I laughed I really hard because that's the one where at the end, um, I go, "It's okay, Barbie. I'm not the Blues Brothers." <laughs> and it took you back to me saying, "Don't do that. Don't fucking do that, Steven. We're running a professional and podcast." I laughed so hard, which that's why we do this. To make ourselves like, laugh. You were like, yeah, the the Barbie might have been a little much. <laughs> Is that how you felt going back or no? You were just like, no, we're I funny. thought it was, I was <laughs> like, that's funny. Glad I'm somebody just going to awkwardly cut out laugh. every, uh, I think you should leave comment that you make. It'll just be <laughs> so you I'll go leading from, up to from a quote. four sentences an episode uh-huh. to two. <laughs> and that was Steven, everybody. <laughs> Everyone can tip your Steven. He works hard. <laughs> Get your Steven spade and neuter. that good looking. The sex appeal for the pod. That's what you're here for. I have I have to get a lot of surgeries. <laughs> it really fucked you when we started doing video <laughs> podcasts. And the Botox just... A nip here, a tuck there. Zach is, has detached and reattached different nipples on me 26 times. <laughs> just to find the right mix. I don't think I I can use any of that. Like that was almost worth using, but I don't know where that would have been like the beginning of us starting yeah. to talk, you know? Mm-hmm. Just trash it. <laughs> Just throw it away. Rip it Just... up. <laughs> Fold it up a bunch of times and put it in your pocket until you wash your pants. Chop it! Okay. What is Vicky's problem with the roll? Oh fucking unprofessional. You pick now. You pick now to clear your sinuses when I'm I going know. to ask you a question. You couldn't I wait till know. you ask me a question. I'm sorry. Ask me the question again. What is Vicky's problem with the role? Chidi finally arrives to the lake house and he's totally blown away. Are you falling asleep? Hmm? Are you falling asleep? No, my my eyes are a little tired, but I'm fighting it. I'm kind of fighting it too. I'm not putting (laughs) shame on you, but... Yeah. I just had a second. Is Steven falling asleep? (laughs) I don't blame you.